It is Plan B with Rebecca Davis. I can't wait, Rebecca, for the day when you come into the studio. I trust that you will you will dress for the occasion. Of course I will, John. I just wanted to say something about the will issue because I actually dealt with this yesterday. Um, as a journalist, because of being part of essential services, I am permitted to drive. And uh, yesterday I was requested by a colleague to come to her house to witness her will, in fact. So my wife and I got in the car and we drove to her house where she handed us the forms over the fence with gloves. We took them, we signed each page, we handed them back. We never entered the house or had any physical contact with her and that was the way we got around it. And you, uh, look, I know how incredibly seriously you are taking the, the the regulations, Rebecca. So if you were able to persuade yourself that what you and Haji did was all right under the regulations, I suspect you wouldn't have come to that conclusion without a certain amount of serious thought. Well, it seems to me that the signing of a will, if somebody believes that they are in a vulnerable health position and that this is a necessity, I mean, to me, that does constitute something of an essential service. Okay. You um, you wrote today about a subject which has been a significant talking point on this radio station and on my program for many days, the issue of masks. And in those jurisdictions where the advice has been don't wear one because, A, there are people who need it more than you do, and, B, it's not really giving you much protection, is it? Even in those jurisdictions the advice is beginning to change. The Center for Disease Control in Atlanta is reformulating its advice, and even the World Health Organization has set up a group to to see whether they should change what is still their standard advice on this. And I think this has been one of the greatest communication mishaps of this whole pandemic, because there's also a sense that the regulations or the advice is shifting not necessarily in response to science, but simply in response to public pressure. And there is definitely a psychological dimension to this, that people do feel safer when they're wearing the mask. And of course, that gives rise to one of the potential problems of mask wearing, that it can encourage a sense of um, complacency about your, your other activities. But The point is that the evidence is far from clear about masks. I mean, it really still is. But I think there was also a kind of growing outrage from the public that why is it the case that health workers are repeatedly advised to wear masks and not the rest of the public? And obviously, there's actually very good reasons for that. We are not intubating patients. You know, we are not leaning down and getting into the kind of close proximity, I would imagine, with coronavirus positive cases that health workers are. But... I mean, this is the way that the direction is now heading, and it seems that South Africa has decided to follow the rest of the world, or most of the rest of the world at this stage. But do remember, people, every time we talk about this, I say it and I will continue to. It doesn't matter how boring I get on this topic. The fact that you're wearing a mask does not mean that you're absolved from following any of the other advice around hand-washing and sanitizing and keeping away from people. And, Rebecca, there is advice, also good advice, about how to put on and take off a mask. That's right. And some of this applies to single-use masks, which, I mean, if you have a, a sufficient stock of masks at this time to be able to just use them single-use, then that really is quite incredible. I think most people are going to be falling back on methods like using fabric, scarves, etc., which it has been suggested is better than nothing, not as good as surgical masks. But in any case, you should be cleaning your hands, sanitizing your hands before putting on a mask.
You should be making sure that there are no gaps between your face and the mask and that the mask is sitting as snugly as possible. And importantly, of course, and this is the Western Cape Health Department's whole issue, not to touch your mask while you're, while you're wearing it, not to fiddle with it. And just on that note, John, um, on the occasion, I've left the house on two occasions this week and both times I've seen people walking around my suburb of Seapoint with their masks just hanging off their face because clearly it becomes uncomfortable. I mean, we should all have more... Um, more sympathy now for mine workers who have to use them all the time. But if they do, they become uncomfortable and hot and they hurt your ears. So people have taken sort of just having them dangling or only half one. And there's, there's no point in that at all. Um, when you get home, you should be removing it uh, from the behind of the mask, not the front of the mask, and either throwing it away or if it's fabric, immediately washing it and drying it. And then you should be cleaning your hands with sanitizer and soap and water at once. So it is a whole procedure. And as you say, it is not a magic bullet by any means. But um, yesterday with Fikile Mbalula, who's pretty ridiculous most times, yesterday with Fikile Mbalula and masks and taxi drivers and the changing regulations, that was, as you point out, pretty much the low point of the government's response to COVID-19 so far. I think so. And, you know, I've generally been quite a fan of how the South African government has dealt with this. But it is becoming clear that I think that there's a tension behind the scenes between two groups, one of which includes the likes of Mbalula, possibly the police minister, Becky Trele. These are more securocratic and also less, I think, health savvy versus the cooler heads of the health ministers, William Kize, and we hope the president, Soro Ramaphosa. So what happened yesterday was a real comedy of errors where Fikila Mbalula appeared to just bow to the pressures of the taxi industry, announcing taxis would be able to carry full loads once again as long as all passengers were wearing surgical masks, had a huge press conference in public announcing this, and then just a few hours later sent out a statement rescinding the whole thing, saying actually only 70% of taxi loads can now be covered, carried, but the passengers must be wearing N95 respiratory masks. Now, you know, I I think these distinctions are confusing to a lot of us. They certainly were to me up till now. But the N95 respiratory masks are the proper medical grade ones that health workers in hospitals should be using. And ideally, they should be fitted by an expert as well. They are the ones that there is a massive global shortage of. So the idea that the South African government is going to be able to procure sufficient masks to give to taxi commuters every day is just, I, it's mind-boggling because we have already heard of health workers in South Africa experiencing shortages of these masks, as they are everywhere. And of course, the fear is that taxi drivers who don't want to be found to be out of compliance with the regulations may be tempted to start reusing masks, to start washing them badly. And I mean, that in itself could just lead to an, to an absolute disaster. So I appreciate that the government is trying to find solutions to the issue of people still using taxis and still being in those cramped conditions. But uh, I will be amazed if the N95 respiratory condition will prevail, given that it is, as far as we can all see it, practically impossible. Okay, um, what what I get most often, Rebecca, is people saying, why can't we be like uh, the Netherlands where they are allowed to run? Why we, can't we be like Sweden where you can take your dog for a walk? Why can't we be like country X where you can still do activity Z? But perhaps it's time to remind people that there are 
other countries on the other side of the graph. That's right. Perhaps the, the top the top position in the list of countries with the strictest lockdown regulations now has to go to the Philippines, whose mad president, Rodrigo Duterte, yesterday warned that he would shoot dead. He would encourage the military to shoot dead anyone who quote, creates trouble during the lockdown. And judging by his track record, that is no idle threat. But uh, in China, also, at least two citizen journalists who tried to share information about the outbreak online have gone missing, which is disturbing. So in terms of the crackdown on, on press freedom, Spain has an interesting distinction because that country says you can't exercise outdoors, same as us, but you can take dogs for a walk. And I'm sure a lot of people are exploiting that loophole. In Greece and Cyprus, people have to text a number with an explanation as to why they need to leave their house, including for grocery shopping. And they can only leave their house if they receive a responding text giving them authorization, which then they can then show to police or soldiers on the street. Jordan was an interesting situation, John, you may have seen. That country actually imposed a total lockdown, as in nobody leaving their house for any reason whatsoever. The government was supposed to drive around with bread trucks or something delivering food. Um, That had to stop after four days because of, well, riots and because people saying they were literally starving to death. But even there now, people now have to call soldiers to escort them from the home if they have medical emergencies. And then in terms of punitive... um, well, penalties for um, breaking the regulations. The most expensive fine I've come across is in Western Australia, where if you break the lockdown regulations, you can be fined up to 50,000 Australian dollars, which is the equivalent of over 550,000 rand. I mean, I don't know how rich people are in Western Australia, but that is a hell of a knock to take. I've got to say, though, John, just to burst your bubble a bit, that in kind of every compendium online of the world's strictest lockdown regulations. I have to say that South Africa does feature and is also named and shamed, particularly due to a video taken by Mail Guardian, I think over the weekend, showing plainclothes cops shambocking people on the streets of Joburg, which certainly was one of our less glorious moments of lockdown. I'm talking, yeah. Yeah, I'm talking after four o'clock about a, a case which is going to the courts to try and get soldiers and police officers reined in from this kind of completely brutal behavior. Finally, uh, Rebecca, a little bit of lockdown etiquette advice, please, from the, um, from the, the, from the mouth of the guide of all things valuable, you? Yes, and also the manners queen, as I'm known on the street. Um, I would like to call, John, I said this yesterday in a newsletter, I would like to call for an end immediately to all unnecessary video calling. Social video calls initially seemed like great entertainment during the lockdown, but the point is that we don't have anything to talk about except coronavirus. (laughs) And the results are extremely draining for everyone concerned, and then you have to pretend your battery dies. So I think we must just stop it now. (laughs) Also, can people please stop forwarding anything about coronavirus on WhatsApp, which is not humorous because it is all lies about the gargling and the standing in the sunlight and all that nonsense. Um, somebody else, I asked readers for suggestions of other tips. Somebody else suggested that actually, in general, humorous corona content is becoming progressively less humorous, that the quality is falling, and so people need to be a little more um, uh, discerning about what they are passing on. Um, I got this from a reader, which I greatly enjoyed and endorsed. All those in lockdown in fabulous homes with 
glorious pools, quote, such a blessing, or in their holiday shack on the river or seafront locations or in their miles from anywhere, Karoo Cottage, are to desist immediately from sending photos or any posts, hashtag grateful, could not agree more. Uh, here's another one from a reader. Stop asking everybody on social media what time the banks or shops open or close. Do your own research. It's much quicker. Another person strongly feels a ban must be placed on people p- posting pictures of all the banana bread they have made during lockdown and the same goes for their home exercise routines. And finally, John, uh, a collection of sayings which one reader suggested should be banned at the moment. This too shall pass. Isn't it wonderful that there are fish again in the canals of Venice? Such wonderful camaraderie. The air is so much cleaner. You can hear birdsong. We will be better human beings once this is over, or the Lord is teaching us something. Rebecca, you are a national treasure. You really, really are. Thank you very, very much for that. There will be another Plan B definitely on the phone next week.